This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nuggets burger of Sunday voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Good afternoon, welcome to the Royal Blue podcast. And this podcast is brought to you in association with Beer 52. Beer 52 are a craft beer provider who have got a great offer for Echo readers. You can get a tenner off at the till by using the code ECHO, all block capitals. You check out ECHO and you'll get 14 craft ales um, and all sorts of from all around the world. And uh, you can fill your boots and take the edge off uh, a disappointing weekend for the Blues. Anyway, on with the show. So it's Greg O'Keefe. I'm joined by our Everton correspondent Phil Kirkbride. Gavin Buckland and Tony Scott and so probably still a bit raw from Sunday really uh, it was one of those games where we didn't learn much new did we? In terms of analysis we kind of it didn't bring up any fresh issues but it just reinforced a few points. Do you know what I'll go up till the hour until Pedro scores that world class goal then I thought we were in the game, I really did, I thought we were doing nothing wrong, defending well Attacking when we could, but as soon as that goal went in, it just kind of knocked the stuffing out of us. Cumin's substitutions were surprising, to say the least. I know a lot of fans that I spoke to after the whistle were quoting the disappointment on Adamola Luckman not coming on and Aruna Kone was on instead of him. That, that... Now, the only, the only reason I can think of this is, in my opinion, is that he, sent a, he was trying to send a message out to the... Obviously, the owner, he was in the stands for the first time in a long while. We've seen him at Goodison, isn't he? And he was there. And that's that's my gathering that he put Kone on there to prove a point, to say, listen, this is how desperate this squad really is now. And I've, we're punching well above our weight now on the coattails of the top six, considering the state of the squad we've got. Now, you're looking at the, the squads that we're competing with, and you only have to look at the substitutions that the teams above us made over the weekend, even last night when... Lalana and Sturridge are coming on for Liverpool. Mkhitaryan, Man United, Sané and Sterling for Manchester City. Chelsea brought Willian and Fabregas on. It just went on and on and on. and It shows you where we've come to now. We've come to a halt where seventh is probably where about we lie. Did we learn much from the Chelsea game? Not, not really. I just thought Evan did OK to keep them out. But up until then, I think... I thought... Chelsea win was probably about a fair result. Yeah. But they did do well up until the hour. But as soon as that goal went in, that, that was the end of it. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I agreed with your, your, your sort of assessment, Tony, of, of the decision to bring Aruna Kone on. Because if you think about when he did it, I think the last time he did it, Gurusen, or certainly one of the few other times he's done it, Gurusen, this season, was in the FA Cup game against Leicester. Yeah. And we all remember the press conference after the Leicester game was when he broke rank and basically put put it on the toes of the board to get Schneiderlin deal over the line. Yeah. And although his press conference wasn't anything like as explosive or, you know, as his injury, it was you know, you could easily make the conclusion that he was saying, Look, I know Farhad's here and that's why I'm bringing on a runer and, and you know, he did it against Leicester in the Cup and ultimately got what he wanted. So 
it, you know, it was, it was three days, two days after he'd quite openly said in front of the TV cameras, out being pushed, we need to sign offensive players. So you put two and two together. Mm. Yeah, you might be getting five, but it's more like four and a half. Is it a dangerous it? game, that though, Phil? Willing to not throw a game, so to speak, but willing to. Um, no. There's better players on that bench there. Well, than I mean, Kone. I mean, if you if you ask Ronald whether whether he would admit that that's why he did it, but equally he might go well. The ball's not sticking. We've only got Rom, who could in theory hold it up at the minute. We need another. I know Aruna's, you know, whatever he is. But, um, you know, <laughs> what is the, he the, 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 the theory being we need a, a, a target man rather yeah. than a luckman. So from that point of view, you could say Ronald could could put that out there and say, well, we needed that because we were t- the gap between Rom and the rest was too big. We need yeah. some. So you can understand that, and I think that would have definitely been part of his thinking. But if he had the double effect of making a message sending a message to the board I think he would be pleased with that as well because as I said it came only a couple of days after him saying we need offensive players yeah I think uh, I'm, I'm not sure about that I think if he's not got his message to Farhad in, in May having been here as manager for nine months ten months I think I'd be slightly worried I think probably Phil it's probably something to do what you're, you were saying that is actually just wanted to get a bit more of a presence up front uh, having said that, I was just disappointed that Luckman didn't start, which is said on uh, said on Friday. I thought was a key thing. Um, the, my main impression of of Sunday was um, the is this a game man marking uh, thing, which is which is obviously had a lot of column inches and attention paid to it. Um, though probably may have worked well within the context of the game. I'm not sure it worked well in the context of. Our lineup. Pat Gav, Pat Nevin, I want to stick on this with you. Pat Nevin said that he felt it was a mistake because it was like putting your thing in the proverbial hole in, in, in the dike and pressure will build up and come out somewhere else. He said, All right, you take Hazard out the game, but then you leave William, Pedro, the et al. Yeah, yeah. At risk. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I think. And you're losing an, an offensive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of it only works if we benefit from it. And if we're if we're better off in the game for him, man, Mark and Hazards. And I don't think we were on on, on Sunday. And I think Schneiderlin being out mm. out of the game sort of sort of exaggerated that because what it what it did it took one of our defensive midfielders away to mark one of their attackers, then left Tom Davis up against yeah Kante and Matic. Because Ross, I'm not sure what Ross's role was on on Sunday. Whether he's like a defensive midfielder or he's there to add penetration. And I think so. that just left an enormous gap in the middle. I mean, I think it was mentioned on Matthew Day too. But watching it, he just appeared to be Tom Davis in a hell of a lot of ground that he had to cover on <laughs> yeah. on Sunday yeah. and he did as well. a consequence. Yeah. Yeah. And and I don't, I think it, I can see why Ronald did it, but I don't think it worked uh, because Schneiderlin was out. Um, it would have, been, would have worked better if Schneiderlin was in, so you had Schneiderlin and Davis up against Kante. I, I disagree, I, I think it did work, even though yet the result says otherwise. But I think it did work. If you're coming up against a player who's the best player in the country, sometimes you have to do that. Now, Eden Hazard didn't affect the game much, did he? Yeah. It's just a guy done really a good number on him. And when you mentioned about Tom Davis, Tom Davis against Matic and Kante... There's only one winner there for me. Yeah, it was the lad in a blue shirt. Yeah, no, but it doesn't. Then, then the the bit that Pat Nevin was saying plays into it. Then doesn't it? Is it, that it, it's then what the opportunities it gives to the other play, the other players in the Chelsea front line. Agree, it quietens hazards. As I said, that the second goal was 
I thought was 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 you know Trissa Gay's sort of mistake. I mean, I, mean, I think I think it's been really good this season, but we've had three games, haven't we, against three maybe three biggest games since Christmas: Tottenham, Liverpool, and Chelsea. And I think probably what we conceded, what seven seven eight goals in those games, and four of them probably being down to Trissa Gay's either going to ground or not doing. Mm. Not doing his job properly, and I think uh, that that's slightly worrying for me. In the context of going back to Tom Davis, what I said on Friday is: what can we afford to have t- three of Barkley, Gay, and Davis all in the team, and which one of them drop would drop out if we want a number ten, and if we want mm, some yeah. width? I think that I think where it felt that I think I agree with Tony, and I think that Idris had largely did a really good job in nullifying Hazard, and I think from a defensive point of view, it was a success. But where it kind of falls down is the transition. And not having Schneidlin in the team probably meant that we didn't have anybody in the midfield to control and then dictate the, the, the tempo and direction when we had the ball. So the gap between, as I said earlier, the gap between where Gay's winning the ball back maybe off Hazard and then Rom and the other two, the other two wide forwards was too big. There was nobody, because Ross was caught in between two minds, he didn't... I don't know if it's a criticism of Ross or just, he just that's just not going to be his position. You know, it hasn't been where he's been playing. Schneiderlin would obviously have been the ideal man, obviously, you know, to, to, to have provided that link. And unfortunately, you know, we've talked about Everton and Cumin uh, restoring a degree of balance in this Everton team. I think looking back on it now, there wasn't enough balance, certainly attacking wise, on the. On Sunday, it was, and you know, look, it's you can almost imagine the scenario. Ronald worked on it all week. This is how we're going to play. And then Friday afternoon, Schnallin gets injured. Now, Koeman has, has ripped up <coughs> tactics on the day of the game. He did it at City in October. He saw their team and changed tactics there and then. So it's not like he's stubborn and, and said, oh, we've worked on it all week. He obviously still felt that Ross could have filled in for Schneidlin yeah. better than, than he was able to. And Look, it wasn't Ross's fault, far from it. But, you know, I just felt that there was... We missed Ross in the, in the front three and were... Sorry, sort of lacking in in the in the middle three because he played in that position. So it was a, it was a, you know double edged sword. Unfortunately, is it a is it a case, Greg, that when we're playing these big games now, is that the squad is just too small? We're struggling to cope with the effects of Seamus Coleman, Funes Mori, Morgan Schneider, and Yannick Balassi. All these first teamers, there's just too many, and the lads who are coming in just simply aren't good enough. Yeah, certainly the, the first part of of your question I agree with and I think that's been one of our main, main problems in a nutshell the squad just hasn't got enough depth genuine depth <clears throat> I was saying at the game on Sunday it, I felt like at one point in the season we looked at our bench we were starting to feel like we had a, a bench that was like a you know a really top sides bench or certainly a club that could have break, mm. broken into the top five you know you had Balassi or you know you had quality on the bench and, and then you look at the bench against Chelsea and it just vanished. And I think a lot of it is misfortune. We've got big injuries to key men. Uh, and obviously, as Phil just explained, uh, better than I can, you know, losing Schneider than where we did. Just so, so unlucky in that respect, really. Yeah. Your, your game plan gets torn up. Um, and it's getting to the point now where it's, it's lucky the season nearly done because any other injuries, and you really wonder how competitive we can be. Yeah. yeah, I mean, to be fair, we're not the only club at the top end of the table who's been putting players maybe with. Not a lot of first team experience on the bench. I mean, Liverpool have, haven't they? You know, yeah, yeah, United, yeah. yeah, but they've got better quality on the bench to bring. Yeah. You can bring Sturridge off the bench yeah, like that. Did or not, Lallana. They've not had like what what 
even Liverpool fans would admit if you looked at their bench compared to some of the other clubs mm. in the top five. They always complain about it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Man United obviously for different reasons have, so we're not the only club, but you are right, is that, you know, it points to what we said in the pod last week and what we said so in like couple, last couple of weeks is the amount of players that we need to A, get rid of and B, bring in. in, the, in the I wouldn't house half of that team that finished the game yeah. for Everton. I was looking at it and you just. We spoke about it, didn't we, after the whistle, and out of the 11 that finished that game, I'll be surprised if four of them are starting for Everton and the first get the opening day next season. I'll be gobsmacked if there's any more than four. Who's your four? Lukaku, fingers crossed, yeah, if he yeah, stays. Yeah, yeah. Um, Baines? Baines, just a guy, and Tom Davis. Yeah, that's I'm, it. I'm not the sure. rest of Wooden House. I'm wouldn't. not sure about Baines, though. I, I think we need more. Yeah, I mean, we do need Cooper. I need to start the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Starting yeah. 11, they're the four that I'd start yeah. with. The rest, I'd, I'd yeah. give away now yeah. tomorrow. Including Ross. If we got a decent fee for him. Yeah. I, it, I look at the body language on Ronald Koeman, the way he is with Ross now, and I think he'd sell him tomorrow if he could. Yeah. I but, think he'd prefer a better number 10. And I think Ross has been brilliant for us in parts of the season, but I just think he's. That's. It's just as he's just beginning to look frustrated with him now. On on more uh, positive aspects, so I know you did the fan cam on mm. Sunday. Lots of stuff about Tom Davis. I thought he was brilliant again for Everton, and I think Stephen Gerrard touched on it the other week. He spoke about obviously all the youngsters coming through, and everything. he said the kids I'm impressed with the most is Tom Davis. He said because that lad's come in, and he's never looked back. He's been in the team every single game since. And if you're looking at it now, he's the first team, his first name on the team sheet now, isn't he? Yeah. That's how impressive. An 18-year-old lad, you weren't in the team at all last season, is now one of the first names on the team sheet. That's how impressive he is. I, I think all, all, I would, all I would add to that is what, what strikes me about Tom now is that you don't look at him and go, is he going to be overawed by today? Is he going to get swallowed up as a young lad? Are we going to be talking about his inexperience not costing everything, but being a factor in, in a game, and that's that's just all credit to Tom. Look, he's still he's, he's eighteen. I mean, we were it's frightening, isn't it? Yeah, I and mean, we were saying this at the game. You know, he, in ten years' time, he's going to be at the peak of his powers. Yeah, you know, Tom Davis will be the sort of lad. Fingers crossed that when Everton are tucked up safely in the new stand, the new ground. Sorry, on yeah. the Bramley Mall, he's the main man. And we were talking about he should he needs to really sort of enjoy this period and and revel in the experience of learning his craft because in 10 years time when he's Everton's midfield dynamo and he's the man that's leading Everton hopefully to 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 to, to glory it's going to be a whole different kettle of fish for Tom so these these this period is vital for him to just really soak it up yeah. and 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 learn the art of being a midfielder and, and Ronald Koeman you know fingers crossed you know two years left in his contract you know, maybe longer. Let's see. He's, he's brilliant. He'll be brilliant for Tom. He's made him wait. Yeah. But I think, I think, I think he's handled it perfectly, and I think Tom will be, you know, a, a markedly significant better, better player in three if years. If that's time. the case, Phil, does Ross Barkley look at Tom Davis and MVC? He's overtaking me. Different in terms of development. Ross at eighteen. I mean, I don't know. But was Ross Barkley at eighteen years of age? A permanent fixture in the Everton Premier League. Team. No, but like he, had, he is. He had a bad injury. Yeah, he has a bad injury. injury. Yeah. Has I mean, he overtaken him in terms of development at Everton? I'd say that probably in 12 months' time because every young player comes in, especially the first <coughs> season, he can. 
they can look world class or whatever, or you know, yeah. a Premier League class. But mm. it's 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 twelve months down the line, isn't it? That's when. Yeah. That, you know, also, also, when looking at, do not at any stretch want to underplay the achievement of what Tom's done this season because he's been he's been superb and, and we're thrilled. But is it easier, in inverted commas, and I mean that in the nicest way, to play in a in a midfield three or four, and and use energy and legs rather than have the pressure. Of being the you know arguably you you are the creative player yeah. in this team you've got to make stuff happen. Well, in, in many respects, that's like Ross two thousand and thirteen fourteen yeah. to Ross in two thousand yeah. sixteen seventeen. Yeah. In that two thousand and thirteen fourteen, he was like the young lads come in. He had other players around him. Yeah. You know, uh, he could grow and develop within that. Now he's the mm. he's the person everybody mm. is talking about to, to to drive things on. Going back to what you were saying, Phil, like, you know, the, the main fulcrum, like you want yeah. Tom to be in the future, and, and it's that transition, isn't it? That that's the awkward transition for any player, isn't it? Mm. From promising youngster into established, you know, Premier League class player, uh, and and every youngster's got to go through that process, however good they are. Do you and, think his test will come next season, the second season, when, when? Opposing yeah. teams will be saying this lad's a good player. Here we're gonna to have to get stuck on stuff. Yeah, into it. but by then hopefully be surrounded by better players as well. Yeah. That actually they'll be concentrating on them as well. Uh, so I think he needs to be need to just give uh, give uh, Tom twelve months. Though it was an interesting thing that Cumin said in his press conference last week, which is quite a smart press conference, and he got his sort of late tackle in about the Chelsea game early, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, he said everything that you would expect him to say after the Chelsea game, but he said it beforehand. But when he said, didn't he? We're talking about youngsters, maybe you know, need to give them more time. But he, he made an exception, didn't he? Tom Davis, I think mm. he said he said he sort of treats them as a special case. He did, mm. you know, which was which. But was he's quite, always said that. Yeah, he always said that from the word go. You've got to be good enough to come in and stay in. He's never deviated from that that path. And it was a little bit when he said it at the press conference about you know everybody's maybe celebrating this win too much within the twenty threes and talking too much about it. It was a little bit like steady on Ronald, yeah. But then you think, well, actually. He's never he's never changed, and so you have to respect the fact that he's not suddenly going to jump on the bandwagon because it's a it's a brilliant achievement for the twenty threes and stuff, and go yeah they're all ready because if they're not they're not. Yeah. If, if this this isn't a criticism of Tom because I agree with you all he's been sensational, but I haven't seen evidence yet that he's he's I think I've seen that he's going to be a, a top class box to box midfielder, maybe not a really top I don't know he could surprise me his goal against City was spectacular. But like a attacking, creative, goal-scoring midfielder, and that certainly isn't just his issue. It's more there's older players mm. in the Evans midfield. But just touching back on what Gav said, it is one that Cooman's gonna have to get his head around because they can't all play. If you've got Davis, Guy, Schneiderlin, Barkley, Guy is is not an attacking midfielder. That's just not his job. He's not gonna have. He's not gonna score you many goals. He's not gonna have a shot from outside the box. Schneiderlin, to be fair, isn't really going to weigh in with 10, 15 goals a season. He might do, but I don't think that's his game, is it, particularly? No. Barkley doesn't even have a shot from outside the box anymore. No. Yeah. So we do need, def- and, and he said it, a 10 goal midfielder, and we need more creativity as well. Who's going to make. But maybe who's, them, who's yeah, the, the, team, the, the positions that I'm talking about, if you could play Schneiderlin, Davis, Guy, see if you like see. It's the two players who play behind Rom. As oh, an yeah. example, Calvin Lewin and Valencia. Now, it's but them then, types then, of players who should be chipping in with 10 but, or 15 then, a season. Yeah, so but, look, this is that kind of based on 4 3 3, what we're yeah. saying, isn't it? So they're not as much midfielders as then wide forward players, aren't they? 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so they should be chipping in even more with 10 or Yeah, but you wouldn't goals. buy, like... <laughs> yes, I know what you mean, but you wouldn't buy, like, a creative midfielder who's going to score central midfielder or whatever and then playing wide left or wide right, would you? They're like, so what... Yeah. I know what's actually... Man United have got it with Mkhitaryan and Chelsea have got it with Hazard and yeah, yeah. Tottenham have got it with Deli Alli. Then players yeah. 15, 15 goals guaranteed well, from behind the yeah, forwards. Yeah, That's what we haven't got. In uh, uh, Ronald's press on Thursday after he'd mentioned Eugene's thrown in the term offensive player to the cameras, obviously he, he, the cameras get turned off and he speaks to, to myself and the, and the rest of the, of the written press lads and I, I asked him to, to expand on this offensive player and, and I said what type and I, I think I'd just finished the word type and he was like jumping in and I don't speak about type because I was going to say to him are you talking about a Hazard a Silver yeah. that type of player you know he obviously didn't want to get involved in too many name specifics he yeah. thought you were asking to name players yeah. well I wasn't but it would have been nice yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if he'd have said Hazard and Silver yeah. I don't mind either you know that, that's yeah. what I was going to ask him but going back to um, midfielders that we've currently got and scoring goals uh, a very good friend of mine is a season ticket holder at Old Trafford and he, he was asking me the other week, he said, oh, how's Schneidling getting on, where has he been playing? And I said, effectively holding midfield and he's, he's replacing Barry long term, if you like, and playing really well. And he kind of went, oh, it's interesting because the feeling at Old Trafford amongst where he sits and stuff and, the, and he, his, his mates is that Schneidling's actually better going forward. He said, oh, we always felt his best position was as an attacking central midfielder. Right. Now, you know, Schneidling scored, doesn't he? He scores quite a few for Southampton. And he scored, he's, got, you know, he's got yeah. that goal against Hull. So, you know, look, if he's asked to do a job, at, you know, in the quarterback mm. role, as they like to call it, then, you know, you're not expecting him to be hairing up. Yeah. But maybe Ronald's thinking, well, he's versatile enough. If one on one week I've only got limited options, I will play him a bit further forward. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what Ronald says about that. I think about a Southampton was he plays a little bit deeper at Southampton probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean it's interesting because this is the conversation we were having on last week, wasn't it? We can't have Everton in the team that we all want at the moment. Mm. We can't have Barkley, Gay, Schneider and yeah. a number ten a winger, right. whatever you have like it's what you say, you have that team of thirteen players on the pitch. So we've got you know, and if this ties into what you were saying so about Barkley, doesn't it about you know, is is he a bit of a luxury at the moment, especially especially the way his performance has dipped after Christmas in the big games, where actually you know maybe the club are looking at him, maybe Ronald's looking at him, saying, well, actually, in the context of you know of the options that I want in the future, perhaps the best thing is is actually. I'll ask you a question. Go on. Does Ross Barkley get in any of the teams above us? Well, I was just going to say to you, so funnily enough, I'll answer it. I was going to say to you, you know, we keep hearing about Spurs' interest, mm. and a lot of you, a lot of us are thinking, the last thing you want is for sell, you know, academy players, so much promise we've brought all the way through, and he goes becomes a superstar at Spurs. I, I don't see how he gets into the Tottenham team at the moment. He doesn't, but... He strengthens Tot- their squad. Yeah, definitely. Listen, he plays in Europa Leagues and Champions Leagues and Cup games, doesn't he? For them, Tottenham are going to be playing what? How many games next season? True, yeah. they're in the Champions League. Yeah, and, and just, you can't be solely reliant on Deli Ali and Dembele. Yeah. Well, that's the reason. They, I know, but that's the reason why Tottenham are up there because they've got the likes of a Barkley on the bench. Well, yeah, we've got yeah. a Cody <clears> on the bench. But I mean, the answer might be academic, and the answer might be yes, they will because they're going to finish second and get an awful lot of money from it. But they're building a the new stadium. They're usually quite shrewd in terms of outlay. They don't spend as much as you would imagine when you look at the squad. Are they going to spend, say, fifty million on a squad player? Yeah, he's a Sissoko. Yeah, I think uh, that I was. Think, I had the yeah. figures burnt, haven't they a bit? Yeah, Janssen. 
Bought him for a few bob. Yeah, I, I think they, they, well, they spent they spent some good value as well. What was what one yarn? It was it nine or ten I mean. million? Yeah, twelve million. Yeah. Alley five. Yeah, so not worth it. I think <laughs> <laughs> another football club five. closer or something. He was worth five million. Yeah, anyway. That's another hundred billion onto that at the moment, couldn't yeah. you? But I think you are right. So I mean, discussed this last week, but I think, um, but the the Barkley thing is a bit is a bit of an issue, isn't it, at the moment? Because setting aside. Like what his role was on on Sunday, which perhaps maybe not as clear as what it should have been, is he didn't do it, did he? Again, he did a couple of good things, and then he gave the yeah. ball away needlessly, yeah. you know, in possession sometimes, mm. and and it broke down. and And you're looking at looking at the game after 90 minutes and thinking, like a lot of games that we played this year against the teams above us, is actually, mate, you didn't really didn't really do much there. But um, as you said, Gav, the week, it's a lot more difficult if you're playing against better players. No, but you expect Ross to be. If we're saying, oh, well, he could play for a team above us, you'd expect Ross to rise to that challenge. Mm. I mean, and, and that's the thing now, isn't it? We're right about Tom. Somebody said about, I can't remember who in the press on at the weekend said that Ross must just look at Tom Davis and think that's the player I, I should have yeah. been. Yeah. Be. And I could, as much as it sounds wrong, there's an element of, at the moment, that is, there's an element of truth there. And <laughs> you do wonder with Ross whether would it be better for both parties at this stage of his career and where the way we want to develop in the future, whether actually it would be better for, for the for, for them to I can split. See where, I can see where you're coming from, but I think we're in that place now where we can't afford to because we need to keep hold of them and get more in. We can't just be getting yeah. the players because look at the size of yeah. the squad. Yeah, it's a fair show. We said, that about, said that about Rom on, yeah. on the week, uh, last week, you know. I would hate to think Everton sold him. Yeah. I just think, uh, yeah, I just, I just find the the the, the 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 thought of selling him to a rival. I know Spurs are tight, yeah. oh, yeah. but ultimately, I just I just couldn't I just couldn't see it. But but you say a rival, but but who? And you know we're talking here about like the op, you know at the time financial fair play. And we want options of number ten and a winger and whoever is. Mm. We're not going to be able to do that, are we? Whilst without generating funds from somewhere. And going back to Greg's point from before about we want options, but actually, you know, we can't have them all. The only conclusion you can have is is actually take one of them options away from us, take one of the players you've got at the moment to generate the money for a winger, for a number 10. And and is is the Ross thing, your heart ruling people's heads here? And I'm not saying we should sell them, but I just like it's a discussion that needs to be had, especially as you've only got a year left on his contract, as we all know. And is this something that actually maybe is, is a bit more of a reality now than what it was? So I think com- I think come the summer, Everton have got bigger priorities than Ross Barkley, i.e., yeah, goalkeeper situation. Yeah. I yeah. think the goalkeeper situation should be the main priority in the summer. Main priority. Let Lukaku's that'll sort itself yeah. out. Gotta get a goalkeeper in there. A big number one. Don't care how much they pay. Don't care how much they give them per week. They've got to get a number one in there. But we've got to we've got to find the money. Mm. To to pay for that, haven't we? And and that's the thing. And it could time it Rom Rom's future as well. This this question, um, because um, maybe losing two is losing one too many. But um, does Ross from what you see him at the moment, what you've seen in big games this season, and his goals return and his general development over the last three years, 
is it something that somebody say, well, you're good enough, mate, for us to challenge to the top four over the next three or four years? I mean, look, playing devil's advocate, the counter to that would be, um, in terms of Premier League, he's created, he'd be in the top five for chances created, yeah. won't he? Now, it's, it's all ifs and buts, but if another six, five, six, seven of those chances that he created for somebody were put away, you suddenly so talk about... Yeah. Oh, he's the leading assist, goal, uh, assist maker in the Premier League. Yeah. And I know it's ifs and buts and all that nonsense, yeah, yeah. but I guess in the last sort of three months, up until the last couple of weeks, I felt there was there was a there was a maturing of Ross. Yeah. I felt like the penny was dropping. He's had he's had he's had a, a, a low key three weeks, four weeks, but then haven't Everton. Yeah. Yeah. In but my, I said the other week on the podcast that. Like our players now, and then this touches on Tony's point before about who our competition is. Is I will only judge our players on how we perform against the six teams that are above us. If they play, you know, in those games, whether they're good enough for us in the future. I mean, I expect us to do do respect to go out and beat Burnley or Bournemouth at home and play to so look good and say, oh wow, this is a great yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. You would expect that, like you would say, like if Man United beat Burnley or Bournemouth or whatever. Um, you would expect that those players to do that. I would ju- judge the players that we've got at the moment how we do in those matches. Yeah. I will disreg- not disregard. I will place lesser weight on their performance against the teams that are below us and sometimes substantially below us. And that's the thing about Adrissa Gay that I was going on about before is our big games, he's, he's four or five goals. He's been personally has a role in not doing his job, mm. but he should have done. And that, that worries me. And the thing about Schneiderland, should we need to be worried about his injury? That, that's, that's three games well, he's well, not my, played. My, my, reading, what's, what's... my reading, and it's purely just me reading through the lines, is that he's gone from a, he's gone from a standing start, hasn't he? He's come into Everton, having not played hardly yeah. all season, yeah. and they've gone after two and a half games, one and a half games, coming off the bench. Right, you've got to start every game now. Mm. So I kind of, you know, look, you know, something to ask Ronald, definitely, but... I'm looking at it and going, he's probably picked up injuries because he's gone from naught to sixty, hasn't he? And you know he's not been playing, and Mate, I don't know. Just, yeah. just sheer bad luck that the games he has missed while playing for Everton, Fair Manchester yeah. United yeah. away, yeah. Liverpool away, and Chelsea at home, so, and yeah. he's played in West Brom at home, mm. and home. yeah, there is, and he's not really needs as barely. Yeah. So I've got gone off on a tangent there, but going back to the point though, is is, is that the way we should judge the current playing squad? Going back to what you were saying, Tom. About how many players should be in the team, about how they just perform well, in the top games. I look at it this season, right? We drew a Tottenham on the opening day, got beat 3 2 away from home, didn't we? Arsenal, we cool. beat our Goodison, still yet to play them away from home. Manchester United, home and away, got a point. Manchester City, away, got a point. Beat Manchester City at home. It's only Liverpool, really. And, you look at, and obviously Chelsea champions. I think we, we were well beating the Tottenham, weren't we? In the end, the score yeah, line. I know the scoreline probably flatters yeah. Everton. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd agree, but if you, it's not that bad. And what you're making, well, not you're making out, but it's yeah. not. There's not. We're not getting batters off these yeah. teams home and away, are we? I, 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 so, sorry, Joe, what I was going to say was, and this is something that we will no doubt talk about in the build to Arsenal next season. For me, again, won't be defined by games against Chelsea and Spurs. Because they'll be going for the title. Maybe less so Man City, who you would think we're going to strengthen. It's going to be can we pick up as many points more than we have done this season against everybody, but below, everybody yeah. eighth and below? So don't go to Watford and stick the gaff out and get yeah, beat. Yeah. 
And then uh, we we now seriously got to look at Arsenal as vulnerable. They've got to be beaten home and away next season. And then United depends what they do. You know, I'm talking about that team, those teams, yeah. fifth, sixth. We've now got to be. They've got to be chasing us yeah. next season. They could go on the same. That for me is the progression. Yeah. It, all isn't it? On on Everton, it all depends yeah. on Everton and Europa League. It all depends so, so on how, how, how they progress in that. Because if they get bombs out in the first round, say, well, then they'll have a hell of a chance of progressing because all teams above them mm. will be in the Europa League. There's no coincidence Liverpool are in Europe this season, and there's a good chance they'll finish fourth because. All the other teams around you know, them playing everything. Do you know what? I'm, I, I can't help but feel conflicted about this Europa League. I, I'm not yeah. sure I want to be in it because, um. especially with what Koeman's been hinting at, you know, I don't want too big a squad. Well, I can understand what he's saying, but then if he's going to try and like not increase the squad significantly in terms of numbers, then I think we're going to come across that yeah. actually the league form could drop off. Yeah. I, I don't sound pessimistic. No, I no, sound I totally agree. Yeah. Me personally, I'd rather. Not go in the Europa League and have a good tilt at the top four next yeah, season, yeah, right? Because it'll we'll, we'll suffer. We'll, we'll suffer. We'll put it this way now. I think I've said this when we haven't been doing pods. I've said this to the lads, and it sounds a bit fanciful, but there's a, there's, there's a lesson in inverted commas to be learnt from United. They went into the season going, we're going for the top four, but they they progressed steadily through the Europa mm. League, and then Mourinho quite clearly has, has gone, right? We ain't making top four. Oh, the priority now is Europa League. Now, it's all theoretical, and it's a, it might sound a bit daft, but I've said, look, if Everton are building a squad and they start the season with a squad that Ronald Koeman says, in theory, is good enough to challenge for the top four, then in theory, it's good enough to go and win the Europa League. And is that, and is that potentially, well, their best opportunity to get... Severe, the top on it, did it fill, didn't they? Which is what I'm, this is what I'm saying. It's look, not that and fanciful. And I know cup, cup football is, you know, we've all seen That's the margins, it. and you, you can't build your season... Almost like Roberto did, didn't he? Mm. On 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 cups, absolutely. But I don't think we can um, mm. go into the Europa. You know, we've got to qualify first. You know, through the qualifying mm. stages. I think we've got to take it really seriously. Yeah. I just think I the only I know you mentioned Man United, but they've their squads, the size of their squad compared to ours is just frightening. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But, but Ronald, I know, but in terms of quality well, as well. If, but if Ronald's saying I'm building a squad that I think if we get in what we want, because he said this on record. We will be challenging. Then why not? It's very, it's very difficult to do both. There was not as Man United well, the farms out. That's why I'm saying you can't, you can't go into the Europa League and just play all the kids and be like, oh, we're in it, but whatever. I think you've got to be serious about it. Well, Tottenham done the opposite, really, didn't they this season? And now they probably never looked back since they've been jumped out of Europe. They've went on an amazing run, mm. and arguably, if it weren't for Chelsea, they wasn't won the league. But are we realistically? Going to challenge for the title next season, whereas they might have said before this season, looking at their squad, I think they've well, surpassed their own expectations, but they probably were saying, well, we'll at least be in the top four, won't they? Yeah, but all right, well, let's have a look at why are Chelsea champions? Why are Liverpool in the oh, top no, four? Like, totally and why are, yeah. well, why are yeah. all the other teams struggling? Yeah, no, because yeah. they blew out. They played that many games this season yeah. compared to Chelsea and Liverpool. Well, I'd, I'd expect. No uh, coincidence, is there? Yeah, well, no, I don't think. I think you've got some some managers have got to look at their performance there. By the way, I mean, I think I think yeah, the, the Europa League is being used yeah. as an excuse at Old Trafford for like some actually poor performances. If yeah. Man United with all their resources, I don't want Definitely. to give. And that's what Man United fans tell me: with all their resources, can't get a squad together yeah. to, for the Europa League and the Premier League. Then actually, everybody else is knackered, aren't yeah. they? Really? Yeah, but I they mean, played in think, cups. They, they won the yeah, League okay, Cup. Come, yeah, but, the but, they, yeah, but, but clubs have done that before, haven't they? You know, and. 
I, I, I think, I mean, if you want to raise the profile of the club and, you know, get bigger and generate income, by the way, mm. you know, then I think we've got to give the Europa League it's proper yeah. proper and care and attention next season and obviously R- Ronald yeah. he, he's very much he wants to try and get the recruitment done in the summer but look at the impact January's had that, you know what we did so what, what's what's wrong with Everton going full pelt as strong as they can in everything leading up to Christmas and going right we're out of this we're still in this we'll strengthen again we'll bring in two more players and you know and we'll have another tilt we'll go you know we'll refresh and be strong again in the second half of the it, season. It's the thing that worries me is that you're playing Thursday, Sunday and you're consistently playing catch-up. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing that worries me. So you, you're playing... You've seen <coughs> Liverpool at games. All the other teams have, have had games in hands on Liverpool and automatically you're trying to play catch-up mm. and they can't catch them up. Now Liverpool have gone away. Yeah. I just think it's mentally Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. It drains the life out of it. Uh, me personally... I'll jump out of it tomorrow and I'll have a good crack. I'll have a good yeah. crack. So when we're doing the podcast next year, we'll have to remember that when we're in the Great <laughs> League. And, uh, yeah, we're in Spain and Holland. We've, we've got, gone out the group stages. <laughs> Phil's just looking forward to all the away trips. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. You know? Let's let's. It's an interesting debate. Yeah. We will no doubt come back to it. I just want to finish by. <laughs> I can't finish on a bright note. Really, I want to talk a little bit about the goals we conceded. Um, so you you more or less I think said all that needs to be said about the first goal. It was just a moment of individual brilliance from Pedro. Uh, Gav's got, a, although Gav has got a point about it. And I'm not going to blame Jack. I'm going to read his mind. Hey, well, I, well, I would say, I'd say yeah, you can't be that. You're miles better defenders. Do you know what? He got, he got, he didn't exactly not throw a leg. He, he that was close just, to his close. Uh, too slow. I thought. Pull your leg out and no, you can't blame him for that. I, I, so. I, I thought. <laughs> no way. Um, okay. Let him speak. Come on. No, I thought that Jags looked like a thirty-four and a half year old defender. I thought Pedro looked like a world-class footballer. Yeah. Well, okay. With any sense of half, would have stopped that. Yes. Regardless of his age. Yeah. Virgil yeah. yeah. van Dijk. Yeah. Would have stopped that from flying in the uh, top corner. No, not, As, not once he's taken the shot. It, yeah. was, it was brilliant. I just, you, but he just dropped his shoulder. Fast, and young, uh, no, but he just uh, dropped the dynamic sense of no, that. Just ahead of him. Pedro okay. just dropped his shoulder and he was gone. And oh, it was okay. in the top no. corner before any sense of half was a closed okay. down. Okay. That, that, you know, we should close you down. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. I just thought that that was the first. But going on to the second, Lad touched on it's just a guy going oh, to ground. But is that possibly the worst defended free kick in the history Phil, of the Premier League? Phil was, I came in this morning and Phil was kind of beside himself. He said, "What are you looking at on your screen?" And as a diligent uh, Everton correspondent, he yeah. was scrutinising that goal. He said, what's wrong with this? Watch difficult times. I was trying to look what was everyone, anyone left anyone. He said, watch the wall. Yeah. Phil, well, lack of it. Yeah. Take us no somewhere. wall, there's no wall. And there's no goal. He just, but I don't understand what, what Guy was thinking. He just nonchalantly kind of wafted a leg out. Weird body shape to start. We went with his right leg when he came across his left. He could have just stood where he was and tried to block it as if he was blocking a, a, a normal shot. He probably wouldn't have it was got so half arsed, wasn't now, it? Now, I'm not, I don't want to kind of excuse Stecklenburg, but you could kind of got a degree of sympathy with him because he's thinking, right, I put my wall there for a reason. It's not, it's not gone into the top corner, so I should be covering it. It's gone on the ground, and he's having to scramp. Now, he should have still should have claimed it, of course, but I thought the guy, he was, he was really good in open play, has had a stinker there. But if Stecklenburg even suggests that he doesn't want a wall, and let someone have a shot like that, he still should be saving it. Yeah, yeah, I know. Regardless of being yeah. the wall being not there. No, if a Sunday league team concedes a goal like that on a Sunday morning, there's murder between the players, and they're all blaming <laughs> each other. What's going on? You just accept yeah. it. 
And yeah. Stefan Bergwijn, he's saving shots. He, he never parries it out for a corner. It's always to the attacker who's coming in. That's what annoys me about it. I think Ron got in, sort of got in the way as well, didn't mm. he? Sort of, he uh, didn't have happy happy time in that six-yard box on uh, yeah. Sunday, did he? Because oh. he slipped up in the first, yeah, first yeah. minute. Yeah. And you just look at that goal, and I, I think you're right, Stefan Berg probably did have cause to uh, have a complaint, but you'd expect a little bit better. And go, go, reinforce Tony's point there and what we said, you know, number one has to be a priority. I mean, the third goal was just got caught out a bit. I think Jack's got to get out pace. Yeah, and I, th- and I think we were, you know, if you look back at it as well, they didn't, you know, I think there was Williams and Holgate weren't alert enough to Williams' run. You know, I think William probably starts behind them, and I know he's a quick lad, but there was a little bit of lethargy, a bit of a kind of, oh, do we have to type of. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Two nil down. The game's gone. gone yeah. Does that bring us back to, again? though, just to the contrast in the squads. They're bringing on William. Well, of course. You know? I'd, I'd, uh, if I, yeah. if I was Everton, I'd, I'd pick up the phone to Chelsea this summer and go, "How much do you want for him?" Will you? Yeah. Hundred oh, yeah, percent. I'd make him an offer. Yeah. Oh, or, or just say, "Well, how much do you want, Rob?" <laughs> well, there's, there's, they split the difference. There's still a deal. Yeah. Does, does, yeah. I, 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 I know it's you know oh he scored against you, but I just think he's a top quality footballer and doesn't get in their, their team. I mean, it was noticeable. What I liked about William last year when they were all tanking, yeah, under yeah. Mourinho, he was their best player, which player, says a lot yeah. about his character yeah. and personality. 20, to be fair, 27, 28. Yeah, you know, Ronald talked about that age bracket, didn't he? Yeah, just, just briefly. Yeah, well, he's been listening to us on the podcast <laughs> really, hasn't he? You know, definitely <laughs> listen to you guys. <laughs> that, you know, oh yeah, I know, but it was it was. A, that's a, and they said about the lack of goals from everybody else apart from Ron, which we've also been speaking yeah. about quite a bit. Just briefly, because now we've only got a couple of minutes left, but um, maybe on Sunday at West Ham, maybe end of the season type form, people looking to the summer. Don't want to see that for the last three games of the season. We've got, got to finish strongly. And I'm just wondering whether, in terms of mentality and stuff, whether... Cummins maybe picks up on that in mm. terms of the players actually mm. if they really really wanted to be here they'd be pulling their tripe out mm. and yeah. fighting and everything well. and actually the last two, two performances maybe excuse the first 45-50 minutes on, on, on Sunday I've sort of smacked at that where actually you know that that sandals on the beach or whatever it is. Yeah, uh, I yeah. think so. And I, I, I don't want to see that and I don't think Cummins would want to see and no. I think I think he might sort of get get Read into something in terms of the the personality and character of the players, yeah. you know. Yeah, uh, from that, I think Bali touched on it in his column. You know, what you're reading into that if you're Kevin Morales. Yeah. Well, also, if if you're going to allow any of that uh, attitude to pervade any further, what's going to happen when you go to a Liberty Stadium against the Swansea side, absolutely fighting for life, probably unlucky not to get not to get the win against United away. It's it, it can it's, it could be really damaging because yeah, if we yeah. don't you know get beat by Swansea. Watford will give us a game on Friday. I don't know uh, Friday night football. Look, I mean. Yeah, I mean look, and this might be a, an interesting point for the podcast on Friday. And purely playing devil's advocate, so I won't ext- and I won't expand it too much. But three games left, effectively nothing to play for. Do you throw in? I know Coombe says they're not ready, but do you throw three or four in of those young lads? You, you said that. You said that last week, didn't we? You said maybe Chelsea wasn't the game to do it, but mm. maybe the other games. Yeah, it's just I've been disappointed in the last two performances on that basis that they don't look like a group of players who really, really wants to finish strongly and get as many points and, and be part of that top seven. 
And I, you know, I better Ronald say, well, what does that say about your personality and character? It was West Ham for me. That West Ham, yeah. And I'd be looking for the big sea change in the last three three games of the yeah. season where they, they do finish really finish strong. They strong. maybe get seven points to be a decent return from the last three games. I yeah, think they're yeah. perfectly capable of getting that. Definitely. Well, indeed, yeah. Thank you very much for listening. Um, hopefully, it wasn't too overwhelmingly <laughs> negative. I think you know got to reflect on the goals and uh, and uh, what it does for us in the next three games. Hopefully we see a much improved kind of overall commitment and attitude. Thanks for listening. Don't forget Beer52.com are our sponsors. You can go check out their website and what they've got. And we'll be back towards the end of the week.